This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to another episode of the WTOP podcast. We're on season three, episode 16. Um, just quickly, thanks for everyone listening to our last episode with Neil Critchley. Um, record breaking from our from our listen from a listens and views perspective. So um, yeah, thanks for your comments. We've got a bit of a belter as well coming up for you. Um, continuing on the manager front, Neil Warnock's gonna gonna join us in the next 10 minutes. So we're looking forward to that. Um, in the meantime. We welcome back. Feels like a bit of a celebrity. Bradley, welcome back. Where have you been? Getting your teeth done. <laughs> it's good to be back, boys. Jeez. Feels feels ages since I've seen your faces on this pod, but it's good to be back. We've Talking also got Chris Habitich. How are you, mate? Yeah, all good, lads. Now happy to be back and uh, yeah, excited to exciting to chat to the legend that is Neil Warnock. Uh, we've also got Duncan. How are you, mate? Yeah, good. Like Chris said, I'm really looking forward to having a chat with Neil. Like for me, he's probably my favourite QPR manager. So I'm looking forward to having a chat with him. Yeah. Right then, so we've had another game and um, still no win. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, I'll quickly just say my bit and I'll let you lads chat through what, what your views were. But I watched the game and I mean, we weren't out of Huddersfield can't score, they can't defend, they can't win. I, I think they're probably as bad as us in form. Good opportunity for us to pick up something, one nil up. And it, we just it, we just didn't get going, I didn't think, really, at any point. We, we huffed and puffed at times, did okay, but something's got to give some point because, you know, we're not going to get a much easier game than that. We've got two real tough home games coming up in Millwall and Sunderland, which will not be easy. Um, and it's just worrying again how we're just going to get out of this rut we're in. Um, positives, good to see. Um, you had some back on the pitch, um, which was good. Jamal Lowe getting another 
get another goal. I think, you know, if it wasn't for him and he's, imagine if we didn't sign him in these last few games, <laughs> dread to think where, where we would be. Um, but I guess it's a point. I mean, Doug, what was your view? Of it? Did you watch the match? Um, yeah, I watched the majority of it um, until I got fed up. Um, it's just the same old, isn't it? Like, how many times this season have we spoke of, like, the inconsistency of Senny? Like, I don't know about you what you guys think, but for me, he's the free kick he's got to do a hell of a lot better with. He's palmed it straight back into the danger area, and none of none of the defence have reacted. They have. And who scores? Martin Waggon hasn't scored for about 18 months or something stupid, and he's there for a tap-in. Like, it's typical QPR. If you watch it back, I've watched it back, and, it, and Sam Field just let him go. I don't, I, I've watched it a few times. I don't understand what what he's thinking to why he's just not followed him. He's got him. He's got. He's holding. He's holding him. The shot comes in. He just lets him go, and then he just runs around. And it, yeah. I don't know. Don't know what Critchley could do about that specifically. It's individual errors, isn't it? Still, like, Diang should have done better. Field should have done better. It's just. Like we're just, I feel like we're really sloppy, and like you said, like without low, we'd be even worse off than we have been. Well, we've we've got obviously we've got three of our best players out of form, you know, we've Diang, Willett, Chair, three of our best players previous are just out of form, you know, and in in any starting eleven with three of your with your best players out of form, you know, it's sort of pot, it's out of luck, isn't it, really? We brought Armstrong on, then he had that chance where he tried to square it across the chair, but he did it all wrong, I mean, really. Armstrong should just... have gone out alone, in my opinion. I, I still think it. I know we signed someone, and that's and that's even more made me like he needs a goal, he needs games, he needs to like you know if that's a B team game, right? He slots that in the bottom corner, right? It's like a different, it's a different level, different pressure, and it, you've got to make the right decision. And, but it did, just, did, just, when you're watching it, though, it, it almost comes down to a little bit of, like you say, experience. Because he was at that point, he seen chair. Any striker in his day would just whack it, wouldn't you? You just hit and hope, you know, it's either going to go off the goalie and go in or go wide for a corner. But he's tried yeah. to do the right thing and play it across the chair, but it hasn't worked. But it's the silly things like that that cost you the games, especially, you know, when you're playing teams like Huddersfield. But... We're just we're just out of form. I, mean, I feel like Critchley's got a big job on his hands. Just one of them, isn't it? Chris, I mean, let's take the positives from from that one incident. Like he has Sinclair's shown exactly why he's come on in that game and what he can do. Like he's burnt the centre back. He's got in a great position. Then yeah, it comes down to a decision making and an experience thing. When I watched it back, because my mate had messaged me about that when he was watching it live, and the way he described it was like, oh, he's just yeah, massively over the hit pass move, had definite tapping. It's tough to watch sort of in hindsight, but like I think chair's just got to be decisive to go either. I definitely want it cut back for me, or, or definitely just put it in the six yard box. He's sort of like he did a bit of both, and it's just it just screened one of those things. If we were doing well. One of them makes they make the right decision. They're both in sync, and he rolls it across, and it's an easy tap in, and we win the game. But because we're doing badly, those kind of things just don't go your way. Um, and as ever, we just need something to something to turn, something to to go off. Whoever, whatever 
whatever way we can possibly beat Millwall, we'll take it and then you just move on. Um, yeah, it's just one of those. But we didn't we didn't lose to the worst team in the league, and we've historically <laughs> had we just seem to play so poorly against like, against Huddersfield home and away for the last few years. I don't know what it is, um, but yeah, on to the so next lads, one. I guess. We got a side in, in, really out of the blue. <laughs> Couldn't believe it. Um, kept that one quiet. There was no rumours or anything, was there? Um, I mean, Chris Martin, I guess he is what he is, isn't he? He's not going to come in and start sprinting down the line and stuff like that. He's going to bring a bit of experience, hold the ball up so we can bring it up, bring in, you know, your chairs, your Willicks, your Lowe's, etc. What, what are your views, lads? I, I mean, he's, he's, he's got a few stats, and he's only five players in the championship have scored more goals than him second tier. Um, but it's a weird one, really, because... For me, I'm a, on the sort of Austin hype. If you're going to bring Martin in and get rid of Austin, then I don't really... I'm a bit 50-50 on that decision. I know a lot of fans will say that Austin, is, it was time for him to go, but time will tell with Chris Martin. He, he's got the experience. He, has, he, well, he hasn't scored many goals previous. Bristol City let him go. So I, I'm not sure, but it's just another option, isn't it? Off the bench. I didn't buy the whole Charlie Austin fear. He's just hindsight in it. Look, you know, no one can predict Dykes was going to get ill with pneumonia or whatever, you know, whatever he's, whatever's wrong with him. But yeah, I don't think there were many people when Austin went in the summer that were like, no. that is definitely the wrong decision. There were no. people who were obviously clinging onto the, the sort of fairy tale of the fact he'd come back and we all loved that and he'd done so well. But in that second season, there were there were a lot of games where people were like, he's gone. But people forget that aspect quite quickly. You cling on to the goals he did score or yeah. the fact that he has scored a few goals for Swindon, which when you watch them, it's just he's he's in the right place and they're sort of six-yard box goals, which I know people could argue and go, well, that's kind of what we need right now. But we're not dominating games enough to, to allow for someone who's basically just going to move 18 yards. Um and again, I'm not saying Chris Martin, like you like you just said, Ben, is going to be sprinting the channels and closing down people, but it's probably going to be just an option that, um, I mean, last season that Bristol City and Highlights, he seemed to do all right. Like he was linking up with Wells, with Vyman, fine. Um, he's, got the, he's got the physicality, isn't he? I can't say that word, but yeah. Yeah. And he's, physicality, what was that, Brad? <laughs> He's scored enough he's, goals he's it feels against us. So hopefully he can score one at the left end. Well, I think like he gives it'll give us something a bit different, won't he, as well? Because I feel like compared to someone like Dykes, he's a cuter, what well, I'd say he's a cuter striker. Like he knows how to win a foul. He knows like how to like do the like kind of like the dirty, like shithousery kind of striker, isn't he? I don't feel like Dykes has that in him. Like he is like, a bit like Charlie Hutter had. But, like we've got to give the guy a chance, do you know what I mean? Like, who knows what he's going to do? He could come in and score ten goals for us, and we'll all be saying it's like, what a signing! Yeah. He could come in and score none. Eight goals last season, six something like that, twelve, fifteen. It's not, 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 not a bad return. Um, I just think it, if we can get someone to hold it up, that's because it's a bit like a trampoline with Dykes. You don't know where it's going to go. Do you? I think he knows when it, when it, when he's in that that position, it just sort of is juggling the ball to keep hold of it. If someone can keep it 
and get the chairs and the Willocks and the Lows around him, you know, we, we, we might be able to be a bit more effective going forward. One, one, one quick thing I wanted to bring up was, does anyone know where Leon Balligan is? <laughs> he's, he's, I heard he's on the way to Rangers, isn't he? <laughs> I've, just, I've not seen him in any content. I've not seen him in any... Critchley's even stopped talking about him. Like, well, Has anyone seen him since Bill left? He's probably in like no. a box in Bill's roof in his house, like <laughs> stowed away. It was very coincidental, wasn't it? It might not be. He might just be injured. But I think, I think some report probably from a few weeks ago was talking about him having an injury. But you kind of want either journalists who get access to uh, Critchley on a weekly basis or kind of the social team from the club to go, Okay, these are almost. I'm going to give you a run through of players here, Neil. When is this person back? When's this person back? When's what's their problem? I know they cover off the biggest ones, but yeah, this one just seems. I just checked it. He played 45 minutes against Huddersfield in the home games of the 8th of November, and that was his last appearance. Um, What's pre World Cup videos, isn't it? He's not anywhere. Like, do you know what I mean? The club aren't even trying to reassure fans. You know, when the Hansen's injured and Amos, you see them. You see them all the time, don't you? In the videos and even yeah. when they're not. Yeah. Like, just, but yeah, I just not seen him. But I just thought it was weird. I saw Amos was back today. Yeah, he's played, didn't he today? Um, yeah. Yeah. Not had the great season, but if we can get him going again, uh, that won't be bad. Just quickly, I saw Austin's tweet directly. <laughs> what was that? Was that aimed at the club? Do we think? Got to be in it. Very quickly. <laughs> Got but he's had a lot of he's had a lot of mixed uh, reviews on the comments. You know, <laughs> a lot of haters and a lot of fours. Been reading them quite funny, some of them, to be honest. Yeah, but I didn't. Yeah, really, I think didn't I think really it's really tweet it. It's understandable from his point of view. It's hindsight, like, isn't it? Like, like I do get it. Yeah. He's going to obviously have taken it personally. He he's probably looking at Chris Martin going, well, I'm I'm a similar player. Um, I think technically Charlie's younger than Chris Martin, actually, but that doesn't age isn't the only thing. Like there is going to be more more to it, and that. And as other people have said, why were there not other, I don't know, other Championship clubs or League One clubs who wanted to give him a go? Um, we obviously know he's got the connection with Swindon, so maybe that just worked for him more on a personal level. Um, which at that age, you you do what suits you. Um, after the kind of experience he had in Australia, but he's been around the game enough. He knows why we would have gone for mine and probably moved on from him. Surely wages as well. Though. Austin would be on a bit, a bit more than Martin. Sure, I would, wouldn't he? I would have thought so. Yeah, got to have. I would have thought so. And, and the club had made a decision to make. He had a two-year deal. We didn't get the appearances, so it was kind of like, do you know what I mean? Do we want to keep him or not? I think we have high hopes for Armstrong as well, haven't we? I think, I, you know, we didn't, you know, right at the start, Bill was real adamant that he wanted to include him. And I think Austin being there would have really meant that he wouldn't, you know what I mean? He might have gone out on loan. Maybe that was on mind. I don't think Austin's, a, I don't know, I don't think Austin's really a Critchley player. You know, he, do you know what I mean? He's a bit of a does what he wants sort of thing. I can't picture Neil Critchley telling someone off, to be honest. No, but <laughs> talking of managers, um, we've got Neil Warnock joining us. As promised, we have now joined by former Isles boss and 
fan favourite, Neil Warnock. Neil, how are you, mate? Very well, thank you, lads. Yeah, really. Um, been quite busy, you know, one thing and another over the last few weeks. So uh, it's good to just calm down a little bit now. Yes, we saw, I've seen you doing a lot of stuff on the media and stuff like that. Is that something that you're looking to do, continue to do now? You know, you put your management aside. Yeah, I do enjoy it. I enjoy, you know, like talk sport and one or two bits. And But I really en have enjoyed my podcasts with different people and, you know, some of the youngsters of, of, of this world as well. And uh, it's been great, really. I, did, I mean, I always thought Twitter and things like that, when I was manager, it was the pitch, you know. I don't want any of my players because you don't know what they're going to say and get in trouble. And yeah, I have, I have really enjoyed it. They don't do anything... They don't put anything out that I don't want. Um, but I like having a laugh, really, and trying to make people smile, if I'm honest. Can I just tell you, you've just made all of us laugh. We've just seen a picture of you as, as, as Deadpool. I don't, I don't know if you've seen it. Um, Have you seen it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's brilliant. Oh, good. Brilliant. We didn't know if you did it or if you knew it was on. Or... Yeah, no, no, they did. <laughs> I did it. Well, I didn't do it, but the lad suggested. I said, yeah, get it done. And then I put the wording and everything in it. Are you with me? <laughs> yeah, I had brilliant. to ask, I've got um, to tell you the truth. Uh, I asked my daughter and William, my son, if it was all right or will I get stitched up, you know, if I put it out. <laughs> they both they both said, no, it's right, that, that that's all right. <laughs> um, so quickly, I just wanted to start. I mean, um, I often hear you reflect on QPR in a lot of your podcasts and your media work with some real admiration. I know you said, you, you know, it's one of the most enjoyable times you've had in football. What, what, what's your initial thoughts when you reflect on your time at QPR? It was just in a, it was an amazing, for some reason, I just, I, I love Gianni. I know he had his faults, bless him. And, you know, he got a bit of stick, but he was brilliant with me. And we just enjoyed every day. Uh, and, and it was, I remember coming in to the, and we were close to relegation. I think we had about, I don't know how many games we had left, 12, 14 games. Yeah. And, and I remember, I mean, I told the story, which I can't tell you too much, he said, Steve. He says, because you'll have to wait for me show <laughs> at the Empire Theatre. So, uh, but I remember we had a game early doors, first few days. Um, second day, I think it was, red hot day. And I wanted to know who, who was with me, really, in the trenches. So put your pads on, blah, blah, blah. And I had a member of staff, I can't remember who it was now, at the side of me. So he's telling me who he is and who he is and who he is. And uh, and we come to this lad in black gloves, Adele Tarab. And I said, who's, who's that with the black gloves on? Red hot day. Oh, you don't want to know him, he said, Gaffer. You, you don't want to know him, he'll get you the sack. What do you mean? He said, oh, he just get you the sack. Managers, he's a nightmare. He says, he, he does what he wants. You can't get anything out of him. So I said, oh, really? Yeah. Anyhow, we had this game. And in this game, he did certain things which were brilliant. All right, he did it in his own half, which I didn't like. But he did things, and I thought, wow, I've not, I've not been around something like this for a bit. And we, we couldn't score goals at that time. Uh, we were short, short of goals. We had West Brom coming up on the Friday or Saturday, the top of the league, my first game. And I thought, I'm going to go for it here. And so I pulled him after the game, and I said to Adele, Adele, I said, uh, you know, you know, uh, everybody tell me, and I talk like that, you know, my Moroccan accent. Uh, Adele, you know, everybody tell me, you get me the sack. You, you get me the sack if I play you. The sack? No, 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 me. I said, well, everybody tells me, you get me the sack if I play you. No, 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 Gaffer. No, no, I don't, I don't. I said, well, you know, on Saturday, 
we play West Bromwich Albion, top of the league. Yes. I said, well, I'm going to play you on Saturday, Adele. And do you know if you're shite? Do you know what shite is? I said to him. He said, yes, I, I, I know, yeah. He said, well, if you're shite, I'm going to play you the next game. And if you're shite the next game, I'm going to play you the next game. Do you know why? No, because you are going to keep us in the championship and then we will build for next year. Ah, and he's thinking, if I'm shite, I'm going to be playing. You know, uh, he couldn't quite grasp it at times, you know. Um, but I put him in and uh, and we beat West Brom that night. I'm, I mean, the crowd were brilliant that night. I've got goose pimples now talking about it. I loved it at QPR with the, the dugouts there and the crowd right on top of you. And then to the left behind that goal, it was so noisy. Then the other side um, and, and a far corner. It was, it was just, for me, it was the perfect pitch. For, for a manager with with so the proximity of the fans and and I used to milk it. I used to get the lads that try and get them on board. We used to get at the referees, get at the you know, get at the fourth official, and um, and, I, and I remember Elgerson was fantastic for me. Elgerson had been bombed out. Brilliant. He'd been bombed out on loan somewhere, Watford, I think. And I called him in on because it was the week international break. He hadn't got a game or an injury, and I called him into my office, the training ground. And I said to him, uh, I said, you, you know, like you've been farmed out, Ida. He said, yes. I said, he thought I was going to sack him or tell him he can go. I said, well, you know, next year, Ida, I'm going to be here. We're going to be in the championship. I said, I'll tell you that now. You know, next year, you are going to get me promoted to the premiership. And he looked at me. He come in thinking he was going to get the sack. I know he did. I said, I've always wanted to have somebody like you as my main man up front. You're going to be my main man. So you go back. You can't. We can't have you now. You've got to go back to Watford. Don't get injured. You get ready for that pre-season now because I'm telling you, you're going to love it playing for me. And that's how it went. He he went off and, and came back in that summer. Um, you know, I mean, he scored He was a good some... penalty taker, wasn't he? Unbelievable. Yeah. I always, he's my number one. We always have to say he would be our penalty taker. Him and probably Chaz, probably. It was unflappable, like, wasn't it? You it know, was you look in the air, yeah, wasn't he? It was a bit like oh, that Tony. Chills. You know, like Tony at, at Brentford. Chilled, yeah. yeah. He, he never, you know, he didn't bother, nothing bothered him. And, you know. That Chelsea uh, one, do you remember, was it Chelsea? I can't remember. Was it do Chelsea I remember it? Bloody hell, I should think I do remember it. <laughs> <laughs> I he told just, hey, oh, it was funny because a... Mehmet, uh, not Mehmet, uh, Ahmet, Ahmet uh, said to me, uh, when we were in the championship, when we were going for a promotion, Amit said to me, uh, oh, uh, my father-in-law, you know, Mr. Mattel, um, he, uh, he, if you beat Chelsea next year, he will give you a million pounds. <laughs> I said, oh, I'll remind you about that, Amit. I said, uh, <laughs> so, because we beat Chelsea that day, didn't we? I know there were all the controversy. I remember looking up at him in the, in the as you come off the pitch, up above the box, you know, the directors in there. I remember looking at him going, you know, you know, like that. but I'm uh, I'm still waiting for it. I think it's, oh, just, it's been delayed in the post. I think it got delayed in the post. But he, I mean, Amit was brilliant with me as well. I really I love working for him, and it was difficult, you know, with 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 the you know with the, with Bernie and Flavio. Um, it was very very difficult, and I've got loads of stories which I, I'm going to save for the the Shepherd's Bush show. But you know, it was uh, you've seen the four year plan. I mean, 
if if you could it's get brilliant. success despite that, I mean, it, it was incredible, really, the year. And I still see Tommy Smith cutting inside now at Watford, whacking that one in, and us two oh. absolutely kissing each other on the bench. And <laughs> it, it was just fabulous. Then what a trip home that was. How did you? Can I ask how did you? How did the role come around? Because you're obviously at Palace, weren't you? Did you meet the? Did you meet them when you took the role? How did? Or did? Was it after? No, it was Gianni. A phrase to remember. It was Gianni. Yeah. Yeah, it was Gianni. He, he knew. I'd met him. I'd met him a couple of times, and he knew that I, I loved. I mean, I I always thought going below Watford was the pitch. I thought yeah. I'll never manage down below Watford because who wants to manage down there with all that traffic? And uh, of course, I, I go to. Crystal Palace with Simon and I had a fabulous time. I really enjoyed it with him. And then it went wrong. Obviously, he went into administration, and uh, and Gianni rang me and said, "Would I, you know, would I consider uh, coming over to the to the others, you know?" And I went to see him and uh, I said, "Yeah, I'll have some of that." I said, "I love the pitch. I love the ground. The fans look as if they're my kind of fans," and uh, and we just agreed everything money wise. I mean, we didn't really have to. There was nothing. I just told him, "This is what I want. This is what I've been on. And if you come up with that, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll take over." And so there were no negotiations really. It was just straightforward. And uh, I think he was, he was chuffed to death really that I took over because I, I, I remember the lad before, uh, and because uh, we got it on the four-year plan, you've got him on the video, haven't you? Really, yes. I can't remember. I can't remember his name now. Um, and it's still, he's still managing, I think, well. But it was, the lads, they just needed, you know, that kick up the backside, really, type of, we needed passion. We needed passion to get the fans going, to get, you know, and the players that come into the squad, you know. I remember bringing Sean Derry and Clint Hill that first summer. Um, and I remember going on your website. I always looked at what the fans said. And going on your sites, and they were all saying, what's he doing? Oh, these are old men. They'll not be able to run. They can't do all these. And like Clint Hill and, and Derry were probably two at best players. I mean, Ali Forlan, I loved him. He was oh, probably man. one of the best midfielders <laughs> I've ever had under me, really. We, we, we were just, funnily enough, we were just reflecting on that transfer window, retrospectively saying that it was probably the best transfer window we've had in recent, oh, I don't know how many years. I mean, we're just looking at Jamie Mackey, Paddy Kenny, Derry Hill, Bradley Orr, Tarapt, Rob Hulse, you've got Chimbonda, Danny Shitu, we had Wayne Routledge on loan, Ishmael yeah. Miller, Carl Walker. <laughs> I mean, what a window. I know it was. I mean, you couldn't have asked for anything better. I mean, Kyle, we had to let him go at Christmas. We, I mean, I got stitched up a bit there with Todd. I, I put him in the shop window and uh, we could have had him to the end of the season, but they did a deal with somebody else. Kyle still uh, messages me now and then now, you know. Because uh, because he he was bombed out and he came to us if you remember and, and just loved it loved it yeah. and uh, he'll not forget that Kyle and and uh, with him being a Sheffield United lad as well it was it was like a, a double bonus for me but the players you've got <laughs> mentioned there uh, you know Wayne Routledge uh, um, you know I, I, I some of the I remember the game I think it was was it my last game oh I remember going to Reading and. Uh, I think we were down to ten men. Yeah, I, was I think that was there. the second oh. the second time I was here, um, and I'm and and because we're doing quite well, and I'm thinking, and I've said to uh, to Ronnie and Blackie, you know, we if we stay here, we'll get, get them promoted now. 
Good morning. If we win tonight, this was before the Reading game, I think we were two points off the playoffs. So, and we won, and the dressing room were buzzing. And I said to them, hey, listen, lads, I think we can go up. And they all went, yeah, we can. We know we can, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. And knock on door, and Les come in. Could I have a word, Neil? And he took me up one side in the dressing room and said, I'm bringing a manager in tomorrow. <laughs> and I saw, I saw by, I said, who is it? He said, I can't tell you. I said, you've got Les, you've got to tell me. I'm, you know, I've done a good job for you. Yes. He said, uh, Asselbank. Yes. So, and I thought we could have gone up that like, that year, me. Well, I've got this as a question. How did you feel that season? Because we all thought you were going to get the job and, and it didn't turn out not that way. Did you feel that you were going to... And what, do you just pack up and leave? Is that how it works? Did you like cross each other in the hallway or anything like that? How does it... When you're no, I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't see him. I just, obviously, after the game, he said he was going to appoint him tomorrow and do a press conference. So... I think I actually went back and said to the lads, got all the lads together, got them before they got on the bus. I just said, listen, lads, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I know I said I thought we were going to get a promotion, but I've got to tell you, I, I'm not going you know, the new manager's coming in tomorrow. Uh, I said, you know, I feel distraught as we talk because um, I'm convinced that you lot could have got me promotion. Um, but nothing we can do. You know, we, we don't run the club and... I have come in just to help Les. And I did say I'd come in to help him. But, you know, I thought not going to take much to just say, just give it to the end of the season, Neil, you know, and see what you can do. Because we turned the corner. We'd made a, got a few good results and gone up the table. So that was, a, that was one of my biggest disappointments, really, that. But I understood he wanted to bring somebody else in and it was his prerogative. And, and, uh, and that's what they did. Um, obviously, Neil, you touched um, a minute ago on Ali Farlin. How did you kind of deal with like the whole like saga around his transfer and we could have been ducked points? Uh, how, how did you deal with that? Did you know a lot about it? Were you kind of kept yeah, in I the did. loop? Uh, I made it my mind. What I did is, and I don't think Johnny will mind me saying it or Flavio or Bernie, uh, you had to take a lot of what they said with a pinch of salt. Uh, <laughs> and I was in a situation where I needed to know everything. So I asked Gianni who our solicitors were and I made an appointment with them and I went to see them um, in their offices. And I asked all the questions that a manager should ask and they gave me great answers. They assured me um, and I knew they couldn't lie to me. They gave me all the answers that I wanted to know. And after the meeting that I had with them, I was convinced we wouldn't lose points. All the way I was convinced. Um, but I think it was the Sun and one or two papers were really going for us. You know, they were really, you know, this, this club should be stripped and docked 20 points and all this lot. And they didn't know any of the facts. And that really hurt me. Um, but I had to keep my mouth shut. I thought, you know, if I've been told what I've been told, it'll come right in the end. And it was, like I said, the last game, wasn't it, really? Just before the game, I remember Johnny running in. We're free. We're free. <laughs> no point. No point deducted. You know. And then none of us could even. I mean, Leeds beat us that day, and really the euphoria at one o'clock and knowing about the points, everybody were drained. Everybody, even the fans, I think, were drained. Um, and you could see that, but we'd already gone up, so it, it didn't really matter. How was? Such. Yeah. How was falling when that happened? Was he? You know, distraught. Yeah. How was he? He was. He was, was I he... think he. I think Alec actually... 
And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Pride in front of me. Uh, in the dressing room, this was before the game, when we found out, and I give him a hug, and um, and the staff still, we still message every so often. Um, he was just such a smashing lad. Oh, dear me. Um, def- definitely the best left-footed player I've ever had under me in all my life. Yeah. Um, I just, I just, it was just a, he was just a gem of a lad for a manager to deal with. It was like, he didn't have to say anything to him. He, he was just silky. In he, a couple of times I had to have a go if he, if he tried to dribble in towards his own goal in his own half at times, just a couple of times, not like Tarab, not like Adele, <laughs> Adele. I mean, you know what I did with Adele early doors? I banned him from going in our half. Yeah, uh, you've heard that one before. And so, you know, with Adele, obviously he had like a phenomenal season for us. But Paddy Kenny was the one who got um, Player of the Year. Obviously, yeah. you have a brilliant relationship with him. You kind of taken him everywhere. Why do you have so much trust and faith in him? Because goal is your judge goal is on on how many mistakes they make. Paddy very rarely made a mistake. He might make two in a season. Whereas you see a lot of the goalies now, and there's, you know, there's some of them with the accident waiting to happen. Um, but Paddy very rarely made a mistake, and he was a good lad, a big lad, and I took him, I'd had him three places. Um, and I told him he wouldn't regret coming, he'd enjoy it. And, and, uh, and he did. You know, we had, a, we had a great spirit in that dressing room. And I mean, uh, Adele was disappointed that night at, this, at the awards uh, when Paddy got the player of the year. And he come, you know, he come past me. I don't believe this. I do not believe. It. I'm going home. I'm done. And he he took off him. I had to go and speak <laughs> to him day day after and say, look, this is that what happens. People vote, and Paddy's had a great season, Adele. But you're my man. You're my man of the season, and that's got to be enough for you. You're the fans' man of the season. You you give happiness to all our fans so many times with your ability, and. Uh, he got a good move from there, you know. He got a good move and ended up getting a really good contract with somebody like Benfica or somewhere. Yeah. And uh, he's never had a season like that since. He's never had a season where he's played 30, 40 games. Um, a few escapades during the season, which I'll tell you all about on, on the show. Um, but it was, it was a privilege to, to build a side like that and, and, and the fans... You know, whenever I go in London, don't matter just whether it's Shepherd's Bush or what have you, wherever I go in London, either a taxi driver or somebody, they'll all come up to me. I'm a QPR fan, Neil. Uh, thank you. I was there. Thank you. And, you know, went to Watford and things like that. It's uh, fabulous to go back into London. I do I do enjoy because I, I did enjoy my time with them. 
you know, so much. Yeah, I mean, that's that's how I wanted to start my questions off, Neil, with literally just thanking you for that season. Like, that was the best season I've ever, I've ever experienced as a QPR fan. It was the year I was graduating uni. I just found, like, everything was just, everything came together perfectly. We went into the season with, like, no no real expectations. And, uh, yeah, it was just brilliant to watch. So, yeah, from a personal point of view, I just wanted to obviously thank you for ultimately giving us giving us fans so much happiness that year. And it was, it was, wasn't it? I mean, you couldn't put it in words because if you look at the bookies that time, that summer, we should have finished in the bottom half, shouldn't we, with mm. the bookies? Yeah. And then you look at the, the teams that were at the top trying to get us points deducted uh, and we never let it worry us. We just, you know, we just carried on playing and beating everybody. It was, uh, it was a wonderful time and uh, had some great times with it, with it, like with the fans. I've even got, I don't know whether you ever went. Did you want anybody, any of you go abroad when we went to Italy for the pre-season? No, no, no. we went, we played, uh, played a competition in Italy and um, I think F Flavio organised it and we won in a t competition with four teams in it. There were, I can't remember. I've got it all down, but anyhow, we got a big cup and I found the cup. I found the cup in the loft, in my loft about <laughs> two years later. I didn't know it was in a big box, bag which we'd put up there. And I didn't know that I'd brought the cup home, mate. So <laughs> I've got this cup. So I, I said to uh, to uh, the, the lads when I come up to QPR, have they got a supporters club? He said, yeah. I said, well, can you get somebody to speak to me? Because I'd like to give them this cup. I don't want to chuck it away, though. And it's a lovely cup. And it, it's got the name Bergamo, I think it was. And we, we played three teams and, and won it. And uh, so I want to give it to the supporters when I can. And... Uh, and I have got some, oh, I've got loads of shirts. I'm going to do a, get, I've got all memorabilia from the Times and I've got some signed shirts at QPR. I'm going to do a, a charity. I'm going to get rid of all my memorabilia in the next 12 months. You're not doing your jocks, are you? I'm not doing my jock straps, no, no. No, I, I don't. No, 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 that was for my playing career, that. Listen, um, lad, you've got about another two minutes now. I've got to go. I've got to watch a game at court too. Brad, do you want to go to your can I, part? Can I just quickly jump in then with this quick fire before you go? Yeah, go. So, best atmosphere you've managed in? Difficult, that really. All my the clubs that I've had real success. You know, my Sheffield United as a boy uh, to get them promotion. The atmosphere at, at Cardiff was fabulous. At QPR were brilliant. Palace was amazing as well. The fans at Palace. I've had some great clubs really, and and, and I tell you what, we're really good. And I didn't get promotion. I just kept Rotherham up one year, 16 games, and the old New York Stadium were bouncing when we beat Leeds, Leeds United. Oh, dear. Little Rotherham. Best player you've ever managed? Once again, difficult, that. I mean, Adele, skill-wise. Adele, Victor Moses, uh, Wilfred Zaha, a lot, a lot of fabulous ability. Um, you know, I wouldn't want to pick one of them. VAR or no VAR? Well, I'm, I'm a big instigator because I got relegated at Cardiff when Chelsea scored a, a goal two yards offside <laughs> and the bloody linesman said he were blinded by the whatever it were. <laughs> um, so I wanted VAR, but I, I must admit, I'm glad it's come at the end of my career. Yeah. Because I think, I think you've got to give VAR and you've got to say, if you get a decision within 60 seconds, if not, you go with the referee. Yeah. That's what it's got to do for me. You can't be doing three or four minutes. Uh, but I think Howard Webb will change it because he's a good lad, Howard Webb, but not like the last one. 
Um, you know, pie or a pasty? Um, <laughs> difficult because I like steak and ale pie with me lunch with me gravy and peas. But when I'm in Cornwall, I like the pasta. At Plymouth Argyle, we get a pasta to take home with it at the end of the game. So I'm a bit of both. Most underrated QPR player in your time at the club? That would probably have been um, the big centre half. What would they call him? Big guy. Oh, what was his name? Big long hair. Casper Gorks. Casper Gorks. That's him, Gorks. Oh. I mean, Gorks. He played well every week, and yet you don't, you don't, you couldn't see how he played well. I got, <laughs> his body were all on his show. <laughs> got, couldn't do this, they couldn't. But nobody got past him. I, I thought he was, I thought he was superb, mate. <laughs> Two more. So, prem refs or championship refs? Neither. Both four. <laughs> Just on that one, I, I've got to give a mention for Mark Halsey. He sends his regards. He's a yeah, friend he's of the pub. Right. He well, he was the old-fashioned one. He had a chat with you. He spoke yeah. to you and he, he had he had a bit of common sense and what have you, where, I mean, there's some good ones coming through. The lad Gillard's coming through, but he's Australian. And, and people like Oliver, who's done it all now. There's a, there's quite a few of them, but there's still some a lot of computer ones, which Mike yeah. Riley brought in, because he was a computer when he refereed Mike Riley. So like what your tutor is really, isn't it? I've got a last one. Blue and white or red and white? Well, how can I say that? I put a blue and white shirt on <laughs> um, because I'm with there. I, I do like my strip. I like these. I like the QPR strips, if I'm honest. Um, but Sheffield United, I love Sheffield United strip as well. So it don't bother me either one of them. <laughs> Neil, we'll let you go, mate. Let's All watch right. the Sheffield United game, are you? Rexham? I am. Yeah. Yeah. Good luck, mate. Um, and just quickly for everyone listening. Neil's at the uh, Shepherd's Bush Empire Hall on the 28th of May, 4pm. Get your tickets. We'll all be there. I've done it we'll early. There, mate. I've done it early so that you can have a nice laugh and then go and have a quick uh, jog of beer at the end. Are you with me? A nice yeah, glass of lager somewhere. <laughs> we'll see you there, nice Neil. One, on Neil. You. They're, on, they're on you, are they, the beers? <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> Cheers, Neil. Cheers, Cheers Neil. Thanks Thank for you. coming on. Bye. Thanks, lads. That was uh, good, wasn't it? What a bloke. Neil Warnock, Ars fans' favourite. We was all looking forward to that one and he, he delivered a great episode. Obviously, we've still got a lot of questions down to, to go through with Neil, but his time is limited, but we're very grateful for the time he gave us. So I hope you all enjoy he, that. He, he talks so much that we could get through half the questions, could we? But yeah, bless him, he's probably got loads of stories that he just wants to get off his chest. Yeah, I was going to say, he gives off like that kind of like granddad vibe, don't he? You could just kind of sit there and listen to his stories for like hours. Yeah. Yeah, I'm keen to know how the uh, that trophy sort of conveniently ended up in his loft <laughs> rather than him sort of being, oh, I suddenly yeah. went up to my loft the other day and found this QPR trophy. We, we could have done that in our trophy cabinet, QPRs. We need, we need it bulking out a bit. I'm surprised it's not there. <laughs> <laughs> and that Deadpool picture, I can't even stop laughing about it. <laughs> it keeps popping up on the phone. Um, lads, quickly then, we'll just end before we do a quick preview. Um, Critchley and this run, just quickly, like, what? how are we going to get out of it? And, and, and I think Critchley will want to get to the summer because I think he'll, want, he'll know what the... Well, he'll think he'll, he'll know what the squad needs and he'll want to bring in his own players and, and, and there'll be a bit of a clear-out, I'd imagine, in the summer. But he's got to get there first, doesn't he? And, and, and 
He got rid of a lot of players, you know, as he stated on the pod when he last come on. And I was looking at that today and those fringe players that we, you know, eventually have got rid of now, if you look at where they've gone, you know, Thomas to Cambridge, Masterson to Gillingham, Patash to Aldershot, Hammerlinen's gone Brussels somewhere, hasn't he? You know, he's got yeah, rid of them. Second division, so, Belgium club. So we've, yeah. we've managed to get, we've managed to shave a few of them off. So I'm hoping we can bring a few in next window. It's just getting there though, isn't it? It's, you know, you, can, he, can he continue with this win, like, you know, a point here, I, a win there, a point there, a win there? Can, that that's enough? it, is it? Like, I think the season's a write-off. Like, I can't see us going down. I think he will pick up enough wins to keep us up. I think we could easily finish 16th, 17th this season. And I think the board know that. And I think they've just kind of gone, like, it is what it is. We'll have to have a rebuild job in the summer. But again, we've been having rebuild jobs for the last, what, four or five years. And we, we are not getting anywhere. We thought we'd be or we might have been pushing on. And it's completely blown up in our face. Bill, it's mad, isn't it? You know, it's, it's not far from this team that we had with Bill when we had that good run, you know, and we had players in form. I just I just don't know where it's gone. Where Where's this form gone? I just don't, you know, obviously Willocks you can put down to the injury for sure, but yeah, you know, Tim, Tim hasn't been the best recently by any stretch of means, you know, he's, it's just players that are out of form. Tyler Roberts, when he plays, you know, if he plays every week, you're seeing if he's down on the team sheet, and obviously now you've got Diang, who's, who's who's a bit harsh on Diang really because every keeper makes a mistake. So I've got to stop going on about that. But you know, we've just got so many players there that are not in form. But when are they going to find it? Hopefully Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's his job. And then Tuesday. That's his job to 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 to, to get the best out of the players. Um, Change it up a bit then. Well, that's why Chris Martin's come in, surely. Yeah. Change it up a little bit. Well, he won't play. He won't play on... He'd be a bench, wouldn't he, and come on. He won't start. Well, well he's been at Bristol City, hasn't he? So, fitness-wise, he's not been out injured. OK, he hasn't made, played a lot of games, but he shouldn't be that far off match fitness. What, you think he's going to start on Saturday at Millwall? I wouldn't be surprised I if I wouldn't be does. surprised, mate. No. So Millwall, he's a, he's a big lad. He's a physical lad. That's the kind of person you want up there against like Millwall centre-backs. Yeah. Unless he goes too up the top. We can't have people like Lowe and Chair and trying to hit long balls up to them against Millwall. Which is what we do at times. Yeah. It's, it's something that blows my mind now. There's two things that, that, that get me really annoyed other than not winning and that's Chair's corners that never beat the first man and when we just lump it up to, and it goes to Chair or Lowe or even Willock, they're not going to win a header, are they? They're not, you know what I mean? Um, Chris, what, I haven't heard your views on, I don't think you, when you've been on recently around the Critchley chat. Um, what are your, your impressions? I think, thinking back to that, the Preston game where he came in, that was his first game. And basically how good that first half was. And at the time I was like, okay, we found something here. Like he's turned this bit of form around. Like we, we came out the blocks great, like straight away, sort of that kind of new manager bounce. And then I look at the rest of Preston's home game since then, and you're like, oh, we just played a team who are awful at home. Like we said after that game, we were like, oh, Preston looked like nothing. And maybe that game is kind of a full sense of thinking. I guess there's, there's elements to which he's 
been unlucky and he touched upon the, uh, the chat last week about look, that Sheffield United game we were good there we just like just conceded in the last minute and I know we invited pressure on but that that's going to happen we were playing the second best team in the league a 1-0 down they're obviously going to pile into us and we're naturally going to retreat um, if that had gone a different way you're like okay we've, we've beaten one of the best teams in the league you can build upon that just we always do trying that. to we always do that don't we you know we lose to the Wiggins the Blackpools the Huddersfields and then we go beat Burnley 4-0 on a Saturday yeah I mean I don't think anybody's going to beat them almost the rest no, of the season but, but yeah I get the you know example I mean. you're talking about um, I think it's also difficult in terms of what how he wants to play obviously he's set up 4-2-3-1 a lot of the times when we had Tim on the podcast he was talking about how he likes being someone who gets gets forward, gets back, is kind of a number eight who's box-to-box midfielder. Well, sitting in a two, that doesn't suit him. I know you can't play a system that suits every like all 11 players because that just doesn't work and you have to find the, the team structure. But Saturday, obviously, Johansson's cut back in, so he's gone to a three. That's great. But if, if we do want to start Martin and Lowe, well, how does that work? Because yeah, Jamal Lowe's the one who's going to get all our goals. Do we want him right wing? Well, probably not really, but you're not going to put Chris Martin anywhere else. So we, You can't really go a 4-4-2, could you? Because you go Martin and Lowe up top and then you play Field and Johansson in the middle and you you need that box-to-box player like Tim because Field and play. Johansson... I'd like to see, I've said it was too, I'd like to say three at the back. You know, you're three defenders, you've got your full backs who can bomb forward, you get your handsome field chair, and then maybe Martin and Lowe up top, maybe. I don't know if that makes us too narrow, I'm not sure. Um, but I think that's where yeah, we I would, to I would go. do this because of Willock, historically, like you'd want him in the team, but you know, but I just can't see where his form's going to come back. Where I feel, it's change. I feel we've only got three fit centre backs. So we've got Dickie Dunn and uh, Clark Salter. So then if you are playing three at the back, you're almost... Then basically you don't have a centre-back like on the bench because obviously we sent Masters and that on loan who would have been emergency. Balligan, well, we've talked about, don't really know where he is. So I kind of feel that's an element to why he might not want to switch to that just yeah. because there's potential. But then managers have to be adaptable, right? You do that and then if one of them gets injured or you get an injury somewhere, all right, well, it's four at the back and we'll go back to elsewhere yeah I think like you said Ben we're not going to definitely not going to go up not going to go down you, you get to the end of the season and then you judge it from there but how, again how it many... can't be sort of another summer where it's like okay the manager wants these players in so we'll just dictate to that because the idea of a successful club is the director of football and the board kind of decide these are the players we are we are signing because it's irregardless of the manager we've got and that, then the manager, the coach just works with them. And so, something's got to change for me, Chris. Like you said, like something this summer has got to change. Whether it's, I don't know who, like Les, maybe, maybe recruitment, maybe the board level, maybe Lee, who's, I don't know. But we can't just keep going around this every summer because one summer or one season, it's going to go wrong. And we're not going to have, it's not, you know, we're not going to have these mad runs where we win loads or, you know what I mean? Like that will keep us up like we've had. And it's just going to go wrong, and then we're going to be in League One, and then we're in a whole lot of trouble, then, aren't we? Oh, oh yeah, of course. But I want to plant a seed because basically, how 
how long do you think Neil Critchley's actually, you know, ha- actually got, you know, how many games we keep, if we keep losing, keep drawing? Do, do you think the board are just going to stick with him till the end of the season? Or, you know, how long do you think he's actually got? You know, we can't keep going like this. But then it's the same again. If they get rid of Neil Critchley, fans are going to go mad, you know, like we all will, because it's not just Neil, is it? It's obviously like you've just mentioned, Ben, it's the, the board, maybe Les. But it's going to happen. How many games can we keep losing and drawing before they decide this is not working? Critchley's got go. Les, Les, the problem with Les, right, I, I, my opinion is that I don't think I think he did a really good job when he first came in in reducing the wage bill and, and getting us competitive in the championship with what you know, losing players, bringing players in. But but he's last three or four years we just haven't kicked on, have we? I don't think. Um, you know, we will compete in and around sort of you know seventh to sixth, eighteenth, and we'll be we'll, we'll flutter in and around there. But I don't know. I think the, the remit should be, is the remit just stay in the championship at all costs or is it we need to progress every year, right? And we need to start competing at the top end of the league whilst we've got the players we've got, which we haven't done, right? Yeah. But then you could say, like you said, in some aspects of the videos when you watch the post-matches and things, Critchley looks a bit, you know, fed up already. He looks, you know, we don't know what's happening behind closed doors, but he looks a bit... Do you know what I mean? When a manager's just stood there and he's thinking, "Go, I'm going to get, do you know what I mean? I'm going to get it when I get back." You, you, you don't know what's happening behind closed doors. So, my, that was my question. Do you think if we keep losing and drawing, do you think he's going to, they'll get rid, or do you think they'll stick? Don't um, stick. I, yeah, I was, I was, was going to agree with Chris. I, I can't see us getting rid of him. I don't <laughs> think we're bad enough or close enough to to the relegation teams to be really sucked into a relegation battle. And I think as long as we stay up, I don't think the board are going to get rid of him this until the summer. They might make a decision in the summer. I can't see us going again in the middle of the season for someone else. I guess it depends on results, right? If we lose 3-0, 3-0, or, you know, lose to Mill 3-0, 3-0 to Sunderland, a draw, and then go and lose 2 or 3-0. I don't know, you just it becomes a bit untenable at a point, doesn't it? I don't think we'll get there, but, well. The most depressing thing about that, though, obviously the transfer window we're talking about and Martin coming in, is remember how many pods week in, week out we spoke about, you know, will a chair being worth so much and and Dieng? No, no one's come in for these players. No, 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 no. Well, I don't know if any interest has shown. I know there was in Dykes what I've read, but, no interest is coming in, Chair and Willett. Is that not? Does that not tell us something? Do you know what I mean? Uh, well, no one's going to come in for Willett, are they? He's transferred. No, you know, he's got twelve months left of his yeah, deal. Yeah, I don't. You know, he's... no, we've got no one. No one's coming for any of our players who we would have thought we. You know, and like you said, Les always says we need to get rid of one to build. That's how the strategy goes at QPR, right? Like, like Eze, we need to get rid of one to build. So if, if no one wants these players and. <laughs> We're going to struggle to build, really. I don't think we're the only club that didn't really have a lot of interest in our players, though. Like, if you look at yeah. uh, NDI at Sheffield United, obviously played at Sen- played for Senegal in the World Cup. One of the best players in this in this league wasn't really linked with anybody. I know Burnley are sort of more of a team than individuals. Mm. Don't think they were linked with anybody. Like Ishmael Sarr at Watford, didn't really hear anything about him potentially moving. I think it's an element of just January moves that so many 
Prem clubs obviously look outside the championship in that month in particular. Um, maybe because they know pretty much championship clubs aren't going to sell. Yeah. Um, like in the summer, I'm sure there will be more interest because even if chair, even if our form doesn't like go back to how it was at the start of the season and chair picks up, but like not to a ridiculous degree, there'll still be a lot of interest in there. Like teams and scouting networks know he's great. Like Abroad though, I think not, not, not premiership level. I think it'll be abroad if we're going to get a chair anyway. Yeah, I guess it Check depends. Goes, yeah. Agree, and Sheffield that. United could come in, it could, could come in for him, couldn't they? Someone like that, or the promotion team might take the gamble on him. Mm. Sure, lads. Quickly, then, had got Millwall and um, Sunderland tough games at home um, the next week. Um, is anyone feeling optimistic, Dunk? You're always optimistic, mate. I'm going for, we're going to get four points. I can see us beating Millwall 1-0, Chris Martin, 88th minute. And I think we'll get a draw with Sunderland. That's what I'm going for. I can see it. Chris, what, Brad, what are you thinking, mate? I'm going to go, I'm going to go point. I think we're going to get beaten by Millwall and we'll draw to Sunderland. I will go with a draw against Millwall, but we'll beat Sunderland on Tuesday. I have a great Tuesday night atmosphere. Suddenly we'll all be buoyed by Tuesday night, Wednesday morning, and the world will seem a sunnier place again. Let's just hope the end gets up for a corner again, eh? <laughs> I reckon we'll get three points. I reckon we'll win one, lose one. I don't know which one. I don't, I don't like Sunderland. I think they'll I feel like we suit we'd suit a meal better anyway. But that, Right. The, yeah, fit, the only points. fear with Sunderland is that Jack Clark is now actually oh, good. Oh, yeah. And he was <laughs> yeah. horrific. He's so bad for us on loan. How good is he now, by the way? I watch him every week and I'm like, what the Rid- hell? Ridiculous. Like, that's not the player that we had. Oh. And it just shows, like, <laughs> at this kind of level, a lot is uh, either the manager, you've got faith in you with your teammates, etc. But obviously he has got, he has got quality. So, um yeah, that's a yeah. fearful one. But Ross Stewart is out for them now as their top goal scorer, and he was definitely I was fearful of him. So they got Gerd, that Gerd out though, the one from Leeds. Yeah, Gerd Hart from Leeds. Yeah, yeah. Gerdard, yeah he's pretty quickly. All right. All right, lads, we'll leave it there. Um, thanks for joining me um, or us, um, <laughs> and everyone keep listening. Um, and obviously, f- feedback welcome. Anyone wants to jump on the pod, drop us a note, um, and um, let's hope we can get some get some points this week. Let's be positive, eh? You ours. You ours. <laughs>
And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! No, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times.